Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then, Stripe Tap to Pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone. Alex Bond has supported independent tech news directly for five years. Be like Alex. Become a DTNS member at patreon.com slash DTNS. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, March 1st, St. David's Day 2019 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Feline, I'm Sarah Lane. From Studio Snubs, I'm Shannon Morse. From the future March 1st Eastern Standard Time, I'm Lund Peralta. <laughs> Three hours. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Three Man, hours later, how, what is how it is, like, How Len? is the future? Yeah. What's future it like? is awesome. But oh, it's that's gonna so get great. really weird in about three hours for you. Give me now. the super lotto numbers. <laughs> uh, well, Len is here to illustrate the show, and we are here to tell you some tech news. So let's start with a few tech things you should know. Canada's Department of Justice announced it had sufficient evidence to let the U.S. extradite Huawei CFO Meng Wanzhou. A Canadian judge will now review the decision to uh, determine if extradition will move forward. A date for that hearing has not yet been set, though. Twitter confirmed it is developing a hide tweet feature after code for it was spotted by security researcher Jane Manchin Wong. The feature would allow users to hide Twitter replies in conversations that they started. Replies would still be viewable through a menu option. So I could hide all the people who say, you're not as old or cold as me whenever I tweet (laughs) those things. Tesla announced that going forward, all vehicle sales will be made online. During a media call, CEO Elon Musk said some retail locations would be turned into informational and showroom locations, but they're going to shut down some others. Uh, The move will result in an average reduction in vehicle cost of 6% and let Tesla sell the Model 3 at its promised $35,000 price point. Lyft officially filed IPO documents with the Securities and Exchange Commissions on Friday. Lyft started as a college carpooling service if you remember back in the day, mm. it used to be called Zimride. That was back in 2007. Wow. It now claims a 39% market share in the U.S. with 18.6 million active riders and over 1.1 million drivers. A new cybersecurity law passed unanimously by Thailand's parliament lets the government search and seize data and equipment in national emergencies. The law will be enforced by the National Cybersecurity Committee, 
which is headed by Thailand's prime minister. It does not, however, include any industry or civic representation. So the Asia Internet Coalition has issued a statement criticizing the law for ambiguously defining scope, vague language, and lack of safeguards. All right, let's talk a little bit more about something Google's doing for Android that sounds like a good idea to me, Shannon. Yeah, kind of sounds like a good idea to me, too. Google is beginning to roll out an update that previously came to the Pixel 3 phones that stops you from being able to use voice match as a password. So voice match is resistant to spoofing by similar voices or recordings and previously unlocked a phone in response to a voice. With the update, using your voice on a locked Android phone will only return personal results like your email, calendar, contacts, your reminders, any memory aids you might have put in, and shop lists. It also won't unlock the phone. Voice match can also sync up with Google Home and smart displays as well. So you so can still is- see people's email if you can mimic them, but I guess it's difficult. It's not impossible. It's difficult to mimic their voice for unlock. Yeah, it's it's difficult. This is definitely a really good thing that Google is doing from a security standpoint. Uh, but I also feel like it's going to take away some of that convenience mm-hmm. from users if they might have gotten used to using voice match. So I'm not sure if they're going to use assistance in the future if they have lost that convenience of unlocking their phone. They might still use it for simple things like that, but it does take away from some of those tasks like playing music and stuff like that. Yeah, I mean... Voice match needs to get as good at telling people apart as fingerprint sensors or face ID, things like that. Uh, Then they could go back to just letting you unlock your phone with it, right? But that would be okay. It's just that there's that potential for confusion and spoofing. Exactly. And and for that very exact reason, that's why I never actually used voice match to unlock my own phones with because uh, I've had Google Pixels for years. And that's never been something I, I've wanted to use just because the the chance that it could be used to spoof my voice or the possibility was there in, in existence. It's much safer for me to just use something that I know or something that I have, which is my fingerprint. Does this does this change your mind? Do you say, oh, well, now that it's limited enough, it's okay? Or do you, are you still like, no, better safe than sorry? No, I still feel like just because it could unlock things like your email or your contacts mm-hmm. or even seem like your shopping list, like those are things that I want to keep private. So I definitely won't be using this going forward. Uh, but I can see how some people might enjoy using that in the future. I just I just hope it doesn't ruin convenience for so many people that they're just like, well, screw this. Mm. The Wall Street Journal's sources say that Amazon, Amazon's been in it, doing a lot of news this week, is planning to open dozens of low-cost grocery stores in the U.S., with the first one possibly opening in our great, great city of Los Angeles by the end of the year. The chain would offer a wider selection of products than Whole Foods, but at three hundred or 35,000 square feet would be larger than Amazon Go convenience stores. So, Pretty big store overall. The report says that Amazon might buy regional grocery store chains and is in talks for locations in San Francisco, Seattle, Chicago, Philadelphia, and Washington, D.C. Yeah, most uh, most big grocery stores in the U.S. are around 70,000 square feet. Uh, so these are smaller than, than your than your you know, your local big Safeway or Kroger or something like that. Uh, but they're bigger than a lot of the Whole Foods stores, certainly bigger than the Amazon Go stores. And well, Whole Foods yeah. limits what they sell 
to not include things with preservatives and, and, and emphasis on organics. And I guess these stores would not. These stores would be like, preservatives or go. Here, please, buy some preservatives. Right, yeah. So it's funny if, you know, if anybody was like, well, Amazon really believes in the Whole Foods, uh, you know, way of life. That does not sound like what these stores would be. No. Amazon also has a, uh, a a Whole Foods grocery store not far from where I live called 365, which is one of Whole Foods sort of uh, personal in, brands. Brand. Of like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so it's it's kind of a Whole Foods store, but but very limited only to that line of stuff. So I sort of yeah, I wonder how much the, that might be related to this. So a combination of Whole Foods 365, is that what it's called? 360? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Whole Foods house brand and the Amazon Basics house brands, right? Correct. You could just yeah. line the shelves with that stuff and it would be a low cost way for people to to shop and a way for Amazon to serve grocery uh, grocery shopping in more markets where Whole Foods is just too pricey. And mm-hmm. uh, it's another place for them to reach out with delivery. I mean, these, these stores would also p- presumably work as hubs for grocery delivery for Amazon groceries. I love the fact that they have the Amazon Go stores that they've been testing in a bunch of different cities, because if they brought that cashierless base to a much larger grocery store, it would save me so much time. But I'm not sure if they're going to go that route, because in the article that we read for the show, they even explained that they are going to have a large focus on customer service, uh, which is a pretty big requirement that you have people (laughs) <laughs> doing that customer service. Yeah, doing Amazon Go over 35,000 square feet uh, is a bigger challenge uh, than mm-hmm. these, these smaller stores that they do. But if they did some more automation that that's not quite cashierless, and let's say they, they only stock house brands, Amazon or Whole Foods house brands, that means it, it's easier to stock because you're not having to put, you know, 15,000 different varieties of toothpaste up there. You know, you only got two or three. You know, we were talking uh, previously about, you know, the tyranny of choice and, and having having too many brands. This this might be a benefit for people that way. It's, I'm very curious what they do with this. Yeah. And Amazon, as we've reported in the past, has gotten into certain brands that make sense for consumers like pet food and baby mm-hmm. diapers mm-hmm. and the list goes on. So it, it makes a lot of sense that a low cost Amazon grocery store might be Amazon branded exclusively. A study published in the journal Science on Thursday describes a new way to monitor preterm babies with a cordless wafer-thin sensor made of a silicon-like casing with soft mechanics that use little or no adhesive. Uh, They use near-field communication, NFC, the same thing you use for, for your Android Pay, to collect vital signs data, and a Bluetooth chip transmits it to a mobile device. The sensor itself is powered through radio frequency, through RF, so it doesn't need a battery. Uh, that that reduces the weight. The wires uh, that are on the current sensors make it difficult for doctors and nurses to access a baby quickly. It impedes parents from holding the baby. Uh, a lot of times it's thought that skin-to-skin therapy uh, might be helpful. This gets in the way of that. Uh, it impedes you from breastfeeding. So having these lightweight cordless sensors would be better for all of those situations because you wouldn't have all the cords hanging off. The scientists tested it with 21 neonates. Uh, that's that's new babies for the study. And a further 60 babies tested after the study was published yielded the same positive results. Uh, 
and they have not yet observed any negative side effects. A lot of times, too, those electrodes can can leave a little skin irritation because of the adhesive. So these are better about that as well. A large trial is still needed and is scheduled to happen in Zambia, India, and Pakistan later this year. And the U.S. FDA approval could come in around five years, they think, if all goes well. This is so cool. I mean, this isn't necessarily something that affects me personally, but it, it's something that I've had friends who have experienced, um, you know, having having a baby before their their term date and uh, and having to deal with, you know, all those wires and everything on your baby. It, they say from their own standpoint, like psychologically, it really affects them even as parents the fact that they aren't able to spend as much time like emotionally bonding with their baby uh, just because they can't hold them as often. Yeah. So I could see this even really helping positively the parents too, just, just for their own psyche and for their emotional attachment to their children. There's also the idea that this would uh, lower the cost of rollout since the, the Bluetooth can be read off of phones and tablets. Uh, you don't have to buy expensive specialized equipment. And that would help in, in a lot of areas. That's one of the reasons they want to test this in Zambia and Pakistan and India uh, to, to see how well it works in areas that, that don't have quite the infrastructure uh, to, to have a lot of these kinds of monitoring situations. It could, it could save a lot of lives, honestly. Um, so really interesting to watch. I, I agree with you. The music industry is still not dying. Yay. Surprise. Surprise. Yay. <laughs> the they told me it was dying, Shannon. <laughs> <laughs> well, the RIAA is here to tell you wrong, Tom. Mm. Uh, their year-end revenue report says recorded music revenues rose 12% to its highest level in 10 years and the third straight year of growth. Streaming revenues accounted for 75% of the total U.S. industry revenue, with physical accounting for 12%, digital downloads for 11%, and sync for 3%. But not to worry, RIAA President Mitch Glazer said streaming Stream ripping and a lack of accountability for many big tech companies that drive down the value of music remain serious threats as the industry strives for additional growth. Oh, Mitch, you would say that, wouldn't you? It's so Mitch. <laughs> Uh, if you've ever watched the Grammys, Mitch is the the old white guy who walks out midway through and everyone claps and he's like, hey, I'm Mitch. Um, every every once in a while in the past, he would give anti-piracy speeches. He seems to have calmed that down. But it really, I mean, OK, to be 100 percent fair, granted, uh, the RIAA uh, estimated larger revenues back in 2007 than the music industry has now. So they're they're not back up to where they were. And that's perfectly fair for an industry to say, hey, we really we really need growth to get us back where we were. We took a hit. However, just, you know, dig it. stream ripping is stream ripping really the thing that's driving this down. Haven't we learned the lesson that piracy didn't hurt the music revenue? Uh, it, it was it was just a diversity of entertainment and a lack of convenience. As soon as you provided people convenience, they took DRM off of MP3s in advance of the resurgence of music growth. Making it more convenient is what brought back your growth. So don't rip into stream ripping. Don't rip into the big tech companies and accountability. G emphasize what's saving your industry, which is making it easy for people to enjoy the music they want and pay for it. That's what well, Spotify well, brought. Right, exactly. And that is, you know, the whole streaming conversation a few years ago where people were being like, eh, I like to own my own music. This is crazy. The artists aren't getting enough of, 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 um, the kickback that they should, that they would have gotten if somebody bought the album. 
Well, we're in a world where streaming works. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily mean that that it's 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 working all that well for artists. That definitely depends on the artists and and their specific uh, situation with their own record label. However, that's what works for consumers. Uh, it certainly works for me, Tom. I know sometimes we fight about the fact that you know you like physical stuff rather than streaming, but that has been the way that most consumers have decided this works for me. This is how I can uh, enjoy music and the numbers show that. Yeah. I, I, it's not Nate Langston is the one who liked physical stuff. I, I preferred the the digital download stuff. So I'm, I'm kind of on that, that low end of the scale. Well, I uh, guess I mean, physical files yeah, that files, you right, are yeah. some are local somewhere <laughs> on in, a hard yeah. drive. But <laughs> exactly. I, I, I do want to point out that as streaming has gotten more popular, the complaints about artist revenues have reduced because it was always about scale. When people were talking about the small amounts they were getting per stream and the small checks they were getting, it was because you didn't have the scale yet. As the scale gets better, then what Sarah said is perfectly right. It's going to be solely on what kind of a deal does the artist have with its label and is the label uh, treating it right? Because there is yeah. the money is there now. It is coming in. Microsoft is adding a new feature to Excel from mobile that lets users take a photo of a printed data table and convert to an editable table in the Excel app itself. The feature will roll out first on Android and then come to iOS and be available to subscribers of Microsoft 365. Microsoft says that AI is used to make the conversion possible. And this will also make one of the comic uh, XKCD's characters very happy. Yeah, if you don't read XKCD... Uh, just, just last week, they suggested the .norm file format for uh, image files of spreadsheets that are embedded in word processing documents, which some of you may be like, really? People do that? People do that. Like scientists do that. It's, it's a thing out there, to coin a phrase. <laughs> I'm so thankful nobody has ever tried that with me because I would bark back at them. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, send us your favorite story of when you got an image of a spreadsheet to feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. Because <laughs> uh, this is one of those things where if you haven't run into it, you're like, why would you need this? But those, totally. you, those folks yeah. who have run into it are going to be like, oh, thank goodness. I hope this works because I'm so tired of, of clicking a cell and then realizing, oh, wait, that's not an actual table. That's just a picture of a table. Um, I will. I would highly suggest to anybody that is testing this on their own Android or iOS devices, once it comes to iOS, uh, that you definitely um, double check the information that is brought into the spreadsheet from mm. the screenshot, because there have been multiple occasions where I've noticed that OCR or AI gets the data incorrect uh, based on how grainy the image is or how, how lined up it is, how aligned it is. So definitely oh. just... Double yeah. check. No, Shannon. Microsoft said they use artificial intelligence, so it'll be perfect, right? <laughs> You're so funny, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, it's better. Hopefully, hopefully they've improved it somewhat. I, but it's a, it's a, it's Shannon's uh, giving you wise words of advice there, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Super smart. Uh, well, folks, if you want to get all the tech headlines each day, you can be smart too. and Just enjoy it in five minutes. That's all it takes. So go to dailytechheadlines.com and subscribe and get up to date. 
Uh, we're going to pull in a study from a couple days ago because this was getting a lot of attention in our analysts Slack. Uh, the folks on Patreon uh, that back us at a certain level get into a Slack, and they were kicking this around. It's a study from cordcutting.com that surveyed 1,127 people using Amazon's Mechanical Turk. Uh, this was it's an attempt to to do a a statistically viable study but it's not perfect so you know your mileage may vary but they did try to get it to about a 50 50 male female split they tried to have a good range of age groups in there as well and they asked about what they call mooching and i've noticed every other outlet that picked it up calls piracy i don't think logging in to someone else's netflix account with their username and password is piracy. It's mooching. I love that. Mooching is what cordcutting.com called it. That's what I'm going to call it. Uh, Netflix appears to be the most popular with moochers, borrowing logins for up to 26 months at a time for the most part, while Prime Video uh, was usually borrowed for 16 months and Hulu for 11 months. 48% of Netflix moochers use a parent's login. So I'm assuming it's someone who's moved out of the house but still uses their parent's login. 14% use a brother or sister's. I, my sister actually turned me down on that. She's like, no, I want to own my own. If everybody who mooches paid for their own subscription instead of mooching, it would bring Netflix in an extra extra $192 million. Amazon would get an extra $45 million and Hulu an extra $40 million. However, not everybody who mooches would pay on their own. That's kind of why they're mooching, right? Uh, the largest age group of people mooching Netflix and Hulu was millennials uh, at 18% and 20%. So it's still pretty evenly spread, but the millennials were a little more likely. Baby boomers were tops for mooching Prime Video at 19.5%. But again, it was fairly evenly spread out between those. This brought up the conversation that we're going to have today, which is, is this okay? Uh, let's start with legal. I'll treat the legal side of it because that's not so much up for debate unless you're a lawyer. Strict readings of the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act would probably call mooching uh, accessing computer resources and the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act we've talked about on the show before is very problematic because it is so broad. So technically, you're not authorized to access the computing resources of Netflix by Netflix if you're using someone else's account. So you technically are breaking the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act law. But in practice, nobody is prosecuting this. Nobody's enforcing the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act that way. So practically, I don't think anybody's in legal trouble here. And if somebody tried to use the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act, it would cause such an uproar. It would probably, I don't know, it might actually get the Computer Fraud and Abuse Act changed. So it's not in anyone's interest to do that. But is it ethical? Shannon, Sarah, Roger, Len, is it mm. ethical to do this? <laughs> well, um, okay. <laughs> Uh, as, as, as a cord cutter myself, um, Sarah, and I know that I am, and, and I know that there are a variety of ways that people can get content myself included over the years. Um, I have mooched off of my mother's own, uh, uh account, w which shall remain nameless, but it, it has happened, worked really well until it didn't and then whatever. But, um, yeah, you know, the, the two of us were sort of like, Hmm, are we going to get in trouble? No, we're not going to get in trouble. I mean, I got your username and your password and I've, you know, I downloaded the right apps and no one's going to like know that it's not my mom in my house accessing something and it's me instead. But ethically, I do believe it's unsound. I, I personally believe it's, um, it's a gray area. I, uh, I, I, I let my mother mooch off me 
my parents because one, they don't, <clears throat> I don't really use Netflix all the time. Two, they very infrequently use it. And so my, my logic is it's like lending your car out to someone that they need on vacation. They're not using it constantly. They're not watching like 40, 60 hours a week of Netflix or maybe watching. Although you five own or your car, even if you have a loan, you still are the owner. Yeah. And, and if that person has a driver's license, they can drive the car. But they're not on your insurance. That's true. That's true. Their insurance provides yeah. for loaning out. So uh, there's there's coverage for that as long as it's So not- my parents use like five to six. So I really don't see what the problem is. And why are you accusing me of anything? <laughs> <laughs> Shannon, what do you think of this? Um, I have to agree that it is a gray area, as as Roger put it. Um, but my my problem comes down to like how how you are using it. Like if you're offering up your password and your username to a ton of people mm. who are just friends, then yeah, that's kind of unethical. But if you're using it with a coworker at work, for example, one of my coworkers, we wanted to watch The Handmaid's Tale. I didn't have a login, but she did. So she logged in on her work computer. How how would they be able to enforce whether I'm watching that on her work computer while she steps away and does her own thing, or if I'm or if she's actually there with me? They have no way to enforce that. So how could they? Well, they limit the streams, right? That's what Netflix does. They say at this at this price level, you only can have one stream going at a time. And if somebody else logs into your account and tries to watch a stream, we're going to tell them no. There's somebody already streaming. So there's there's sort of a natural block there. And I yeah. think at the highest level, you can have four people streaming Netflix at once. But but even more than that, uh, at CES 2016, which I know is a couple of years ago now, but uh, Netflix CEO Reed Hastings said, "quote." We love people sharing Netflix. That's a positive thing, not a negative thing. And he went on to say that household sharing led to new customers because kids subscribe on their own eventually as they start to earn income. They don't want to be mooching off the parents because maybe the parents are only paying for one stream at a time and they run into that block. Or maybe they just don't want their parents seeing what they watch in the watch history because anybody can go into anybody's profile. HBO CEO Richard Plepler who, by the way, is no longer HBO CEO as of today. He's being removed by AT&T. They're letting him go. But when he was still HBO CEO, told BuzzFeed in 2014, it's not a fundamental problem. And the externality of it is that it presents the brand to more and more people and gives them an opportunity, hopefully, to become addicted to it. We're in the business of doing is building addicts of video. The way we do that is by exposing our product, our brand, and our shows. Hulu's even got terms of service that say, uh, if you let someone else in your account, you're responsible for anything they do. They don't specifically prohibit it in their terms of service. So honestly, most of these companies, I don't think really care. Exactly. And you know, honestly, I'm glad you brought those points up because I did end up paying for Hulu so I could watch The Handmaid's Tale so on my own. Huh. And I didn't want to lose my spot in the season. And I would lose my spot if my coworker ended mm-hmm. up watching the show without me. And you also mentioned the privacy issue that you might have with that. Is The account owner will be able to see whatever you watch if you are logging into the same username and password as them. 
And not only that, but your algorithm is going to change on your feed. Oh, yeah. So, for example, and I saw no argument for this, but Netflix should use this argument. If you aren't using separate users on the same account for one of their premium accounts, for example, that allows you to have multiple like family members, Mm -hmm. then your algorithm is going to change. I can't tell you how many times my husband got mad at me because there was anime recommended to him in his (laughs) newsfeed. Like, that's Eileen. Eileen makes makes us watch certain shows on her profile and Hunting of Hill house she's like we're watching that on your profile i don't want to get any horror <laughs> recommendations i understand that fully <laughs> yeah well thanks to everybody who participates in our subreddit it is our own algorithm of sorts you can submit stories and vote on other stories at dailytechnewsshow.reddit.com thanks to everybody who submits everything every day you make our show better all of our shows, Daily Tech Headlines as well. Also, we're on Facebook, <clears throat> facebook.com slash groups slash Daily Tech News Show. Look, it's the mailbag. Oh, look, it is. We got an email from Ander who said, I was listening to your discussion on the delivery robot discussion and thought of a few wrinkles. Hmm. If you lived the maximum three miles away from the hub, it would take over 30 minutes for your delivery to arrive given the expected five miles per hour cap that tom suggested probably right, so was the to case speed up to get out to the edge good point good point because <laughs> you see that's why you need 10 miles per hour this is just the delivery time though says ander not a big deal unless it's a pizza mm. or any other delivery that's needed hot 10 miles per hour is still pretty slow when considered how much quicker bicycles are. This is also ignoring the fact that most cities wouldn't allow motorized devices like that on sidewalks right away. I'd like to see them using the relatively untouched bike lanes in my city and go a little faster. Hmm. Yeah, hmm. Um, most cities are allowing these, but after a trial period. They, they need to have the, the companies prove that they're responsible and, and aren't you know, mowing down pedestrians and stuff. So, so yeah, they don't <laughs> go on the sidewalks right away. That's, that's a good point. Using the bike lane seems like a good idea. I wonder if there's any uh, side effects to that that we haven't thought of. But uh, good, good, good email there, Ander. Well, I, I, I assure you that bicyclists everywhere will have words when the robots start or infiltrating start the bike, bike lanes. lanes. Well, there you go. That's immediately yeah. right yeah so that's 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 where we're going with that one yeah and we then, also got uh, oh, yeah, it, go um, yeah another email from kevin right tom yeah uh kevin wrote someone may have mentioned this but disney is developing robots that act human for their marvel shows at the theme parks the robots fly through the air and land on their feet they are thinking this will be safer than using humans over and over to do these stunts. I can see where the robots could replace some of the actors who are subject to possible injuries. Uh, and these robots that fly start on tethers, but then they kind of just get thrown and land on their feet. Uh, they're not autonomous like the ones we were talking about earlier this week. So the autonomous ones would be able to do even more, it seems like. Uh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. So I mean, let's, if you, yeah, like if you, I don't know, you could even like take it a step further and think, okay, well, there's some speaking of ethics, there are some ethical issues that some people have with uh, theme parks that are you know, like SeaWorld, right? Like, do we, you know, figure out how an animatronic orca works so that kids can learn all about uh, a certain kind of, of, of species without it being an issue for the species itself? Yeah. No, that's a good, that's a really good point. All right. uh, Let's check in with Len Peralta, who has been drawing a species of art while we've Mm. been talking. Len, what do you got for us? Well, you know, I loved your discussion about uh, mooching off of Hulu and and Amazon Prime and Netflix. I don't know if it happens around here, but I I think I did 
create a brand new name for these people. They're called stream moochers. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what this image shows uh, is a couple of, I don't know, millennials who are getting getting their stream hit of Netflix. Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys. Good credit. If you own or operate a business, whether it's a local operation or a global corporation, partnering with Bank of America could be your smartest move. By teaming with Bank of America, you'll enjoy exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful, you'll make every move matter. Position your business to capitalize on opportunity in a moment's notice. Visit bankofamerica.com slash bankingforbusiness to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest-cost model on the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude today. My business used to be weighed down by the complexities of in-person payments. Then Stripe tap to pay on iPhone came along and changed everything. With Stripe, I streamlined my payment process effortlessly. No more juggling different methods. Just a simple tap on my iPhone and transactions are complete. What's truly remarkable is how Stripe caters to all my customers' preferences. Whether they're using cards, Apple Pay, or other digital wallets, Stripe ensures a smooth checkout experience every time. Setting up Stripe was a breeze, taking just minutes to get up and running. From local markets to global retailers, Stripe helped me expand my reach and grow my business with ease. To learn how Tap to Pay on iPhone and Stripe can help grow your revenue and reach, Visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone in this thing uh, right to their brain. Uh, so it's um, it's a pretty interesting little image. Wow. And, yeah. uh, the Netflix is going out, out of a, a guy with Netflix for a head straight into their brains. <laughs> that's the way I watch Netflix. I don't know about you guys, but that's the way it happens. For you me. ain't watching that's Netflix. In the future on the East Coast. So straight <laughs> exactly. into your brain. Well, I have some exciting news about oh. this. If you like this print and you want it immediately right now, all you got to do is go over to my Patreon, become a DTNS lover, love, uh, a DTNS lover at the $5 level. You will get this right now. As a matter of fact, if you back, it is there right now for you to download. <gasps> That's exciting. Uh, so if I went to patreon.com slash Len Peralta, or if I'm already a member at patreon.com slash Len Peralta, the digital version of this is there. It like, is a, it's, as we yeah. speak. And if you're hearing this recorded, it's been there. You've been missing yes. out. You should hurry yes. get over there. Yes. Patreon.com forward slash Len. Also, you have an access to all the back catalog of images uh, because they are slowly going to be disappearing, vaulted, if you will, from my store. So you won't be able to get those, all those great images. You won't be able to get those anymore. Only through Patreon. So, so Patreon.com slash Len yes. is the best way. Uh, to get to all the stuff that uh, Len draws. It's like an all-you-can-eat buffet of Len's Absolutely. art. 
Yep. There. Go get it. <laughs> go check it out, folks. Uh, also, today is Patreon Day uh, for Len and me uh, and everyone here at Daily Tech News Show. Thank you, everyone, for supporting this show. The majority of our funding comes from you. That's why we are answerable only to you about what goes in this show. And in fact, we're hopeful that we can thank you for your support. Uh, Patreon is trying out a new merchandise thing where the top two levels that we have, if you're a member, like let's say you become a member today. Let's say you just became a member of Daily Tech News Show today and you got all those perk posts and emails today. Uh, If you stay for three months at the master level, $50 a month, you get a mug. Yeah. And if you uh, if you stay at the next level down, uh, the advisor level, you get a DTNS poster, and it's got Lens' five year anniversary art on it. So you can check out all the details about that at patreon.com slash DTNS slash merch. Thank you to Shannon Morse for being with us this fine Friday. Shannon, tell folks where they can keep up with all your work. Oh, well, you can check out techthing.com over at tekthing.com. We recently did an awesome episode discussing different battle station setups, and you can kind of see how both Patrick and myself set up our own personal home setups for our computer rigs. Uh, Also over on ThreatWire, I heard you. I know everybody was freaking out, but it's okay. We don't have to freak out anymore about the password manager flaws. I explain everything you need to know in my most recent episode of ThreatWire. And both of those shows are also on Patreon as well. And I got to say props to Patreon too for listening to us and introducing new things like merch. I'm very excited about that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. And by the way, we did make one more, exactly one more patron than last month. So thank you to everybody who signed up as well. And thanks to everybody who gives us feedback. Our email address, if you've got something to say, is feedback at dailytechnewsshow.com. We're also live Monday through Friday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern, 2130 UTC. Find out more. Tell a friend at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll talk to you Monday. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. You have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Hi, this is Matt and Sean from Two Black Guys with good credit. From a local business to a global corporation. Partnering with Bank of America gives your operation access to exclusive digital tools, award-winning insights, and business solutions so powerful you'll make every move matter. Visit bankofamerica.com slash banking for business to learn more. What would you like the power to do? Bank of America, N.A., copyright 2024. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona. Break out of the winter blues by hitting the water at one of our lake and river parks. Take a hike among the wildflowers. Just make sure to stay on the trails and leave the flowers for the bees. Discover Arizona's best kept secret. And visit azstateparks.com slash amazing to start your springtime adventure.